Harvard Law Professor Wants to Ban Homeschooling. An article written by freelance writer Aaron O'Donnell and published in Harvard Magazine has justifiably gone viral among the diverse homeschooling communities operating in the United States, for the moment, the freest nation in the world. The article, titled The Risks of Homeschooling, is accompanied by a cartoon illustration of half a dozen children romping joyfully outside, while one child, locked behind the prison bars of her home, looks forlornly and longingly out at them. One of the exterior walls of her home depicts books with the words, Reading, Writing, Arithmetic, Bible, to ensure readers know that the prison guards are Christians. O'Donnell's article is far less important than the work of the woman about whom O'Donnell is writing, Harvard Law Professor Elizabeth Bartholet, a longtime opponent of homeschooling and proponent of feminism, abortion, and the near-absolute autonomy of children. Too few people, it seems, are reading Bartholet's deeply troubling Arizona Law Review article titled Homeschooling, Parent Rights Absolutism versus Child Rights to Education and Protection, on which O'Donnell's article is based and in which Bartholet lays bare her subversive plan to radically refashion American society according to the philosophical, political, and moral fever dreams of leftists everywhere. Bartholet issues an explicit call for a presumptive ban on homeschooling. While Bartholet claims to be concerned about homeschooling in general, it's clear from her article that she has a particular antipathy for Christian homeschoolers. While Bartholet belches out some gaseous but tactically useful words of concern about potential abuse of children by fringy parents and cites some fringy anecdotes to becloud the issue, her real goal is not to end physical abuse, but, rather, to undermine parental authority, increase the power of the state, and remake the Constitution into a living, breathing leftist phantasm. Bartholet argues that, quote, appropriate education makes children aware of important cultural values. Homeschooling parents are not likely to be capable of satisfying the democratic function, end quote. Homeschooling parents will likely be not only taken aback by that claim, but also confused by it. What, they may wonder, are those important cultural values? And what renders homeschooling parents incapable of satisfying the democratic function? While Bartholet doesn't specifically identify the important cultural values on which the democratic function relies, It's not difficult to infer what they are from oblique statements of hers like this, and I quote, The current homeschooling regime is based on a dangerous idea about parent rights, that parents who are committed to beliefs and values counter to those of the larger society are entitled to bring their children up in isolation. This legal claim is inconsistent with the child's right to what has been called an open future, the right to exposure to alternative views and experiences essential for children to grow up to exercise meaningful choices about their own future views, religions, lifestyles, and work. Exposure to the values of tolerance has been seen as a primary goal of public education from its origins, end quote. Since tolerance has been redefined by leftists to mean affirming leftist sexuality dogma, 
Has tolerance really been the primary goal of public education from its origins? To be clear that Bartholet wants the nation's children to be indoctrinated with leftist sexuality dogma, she also criticizes families who want to teach their children, quote, that people with non-traditional sexual orientations or gender identities should be cured or condemned, end quote. Interestingly, here's what one of the studies Bartholet cites, the Cardis Education Survey, says about religious homeschoolers and the value of tolerance in the democratic function. And I quote, We might expect that the private and familial approach of education, that is homeschooling, would fail to prepare students for effective participation in a democracy. But we don't find any evidence for this. Homeschoolers are more willing than public schoolers to extend freedom of speech to those who want to speak out against religion. And we don't find any difference in the extent that homeschoolers favor greater tolerance for non-Christian religions in American society. Relatedly, some might expect that religious homeschoolers would socialize students into more authoritarian orientations to public life. However, on one of the measures often used to capture authoritarian orientations, respect for authority, we don't find that homeschoolers are any more supportive than public schoolers are of the notion that one of the main problems in the U.S. today is the lack of respect for authority. It seems that one of the strengths of homeschooling, which may be related to the countercultural minority status of homeschooling, is robust support for democratic principles of individual freedom and freedom of expression. End quote. When she likes Cardis findings, Bartholet calls them good social science. When she dislikes them, Bartholet dismisses them as advocacy. Repeatedly and ironically, Bartholet frets that, and I quote, homeschooled children miss out on exposure to others with different experiences and values. A very large proportion of homeschooling parents are ideologically committed to isolating their children from the majority culture and indoctrinating them in views and values that are in serious conflict with that culture, end quote. Never once does she mention the ideological monopoly on, for example, sexuality that perverts public education and results in pervasive censorship of resources that express dissenting views. Nor does she critically examine her assumption that the role of education is to affirm the views and values of majority culture. Did she hold that position in the 1950s, 1960s, 1970s? In her section on the, quote, child maltreatment piece of the homeschooling picture, end quote, Bartholet writes that, quote, the very isolation of so many homeschooling families puts children at risk. Child maltreatment takes place disproportionately in families cut off from the larger community, end quote. Well, first, Bartholet provides no evidence of the percentage of all homeschooling families that are, quote, cut off from the larger community, end quote. And then, as evidence for her implicit claim that homeschooling poses a danger to children, she cites in a footnote her own book written over two decades ago on systemic problems with the child welfare system. While discussing her alleged fears regarding socialization, Bartholet says next to nothing about the serious socialization problems in public schools that range from 
drug and alcohol use, sexting, and social contagions related to eating disorders, suicide, cutting, and gender dysphoria. Bartholet cites a study by the pro-regulation organization Homeschooling's Invisible Children, which is an affiliate of pro-regulation organization Coalition for Responsible Home Education, as evidence that homeschooled children are at greater risk of death. But this is what the study itself concludes. Quote, This finding does not yet reach the threshold for statistical significance, so at this point, we cannot say conclusively that homeschooled students die from child abuse and neglect at a higher rate as other students, end quote. Would increased regulation increase safety for children? Does regulation and oversight by Big Brother guarantee child safety? How does Bartholet account for the abuse of children in highly regulated government schools by school staff. As a result of that abuse, is she calling for a presumptive ban on public schools? Bartholet has a game plan that she defends in part by employing the bandwagon fallacy, arguing that, quote, many countries ban homeschooling altogether, others fail to legally recognize it, and many impose significant requirements, often including required home visits and annual testing, end quote. Get with the European program, you Philistines! Bartholet believes that, quote, the homeschooling movement's claim that the current regime is justified by absolute parent rights is morally wrong and inconsistent with growing recognition worldwide that child human rights have equal status with adult human rights. The movement relies on adult freedom of religion rights to oppose regulation affecting religious homeschoolers, but such rights should not trump child rights to exposure to alternative views, enabling them to exercise meaningful future choice about their religion, end quote. To be clear, while Bartholet wants to prevent Christian parents from inculcating their own children with their religious worldview, she wants to ensure that government schools are allowed to inculcate other people's children with only leftist sexual views and, in so doing, prevent those children from being able to exercise meaningful future choices about sexual matters. Bartholet points to two obstacles to her plan to achieve absolute autonomy for children and destroy the family, the Homeschool Legal Defense Association and the U.S. Constitution. She attacks both and offers a plan for circumventing the U.S. Constitution until such time as it can be changed. She argues that, quote, state constitutional provisions on education provide a strong basis for challenges to the homeschooling regime, and that state court decisions based on state constitutions can eventually provide evidence of the kind of national consensus that often helps the Supreme Court find new meaning in the federal constitution, end quote. In an email to this writer, that is to me, constitutional attorney Joseph A. Morris, who served as assistant attorney general of the United States under President Ronald Reagan, writes that Bartholet's screed is, quote, one of the left's most important and most powerful attacks against the family. Bartholet's article is a call to arms to the left 
to attack parental authority by means of a frontal attack on homeschooling, end quote. Mr. Morris offered, too, the larger context from which Bartholet's call to arms emerges and summarizes her dangerous strategic plan, and I quote, Since the time Marx published the Communist Manifesto, the left has understood that to prevail against the civilization of the West, made strong by the organic relationships we generally describe under the rubrics of faith and family, it must seize control of the minds of children at the earliest possible time. Parental control of schooling, either by supervising how others educate their children or by doing it themselves, is a major obstacle to this prime tyrannical goal. Bartholet marshals every argument, including one, the asserted inferiority of homeschooling against the government product, two, the asserted roots of the modern homeschooling movement in racism and religious benightedness, three, homeschooling as a mask for child abuse, including child sexual abuse and similar horribles. She seeks to awaken and mobilize every constituency that would join the battle against parental authority and homeschooling, including public sector teachers' unions, which have direct financial stakes in forcing children into government schools, child protection advocates, opponents of racism, religion, particularity of every stripe, and binary sexual worldviews, and progressives in every category. She's not content to argue that, in protecting parental authority and the rights of homeschoolers, American courts have lately misinterpreted and misapplied the provisions of the United States Constitution. Her enterprise is far more ambitious than that. She proposes to take on the evil United States Constitution itself and to use homeschooling as a good battleground on which to launch that war. The heart of her legal argument will be found on page 59. Quote, The U.S. Constitution with its negative rights structure is an anomaly, outdated and inadequate by the standards of the rest of the world. End quote. Mr. Morris continues, in two or three rather clear paragraphs on that page, she makes her case against the American constitutional tradition and sets her gun sights squarely on the Constitution itself, hoping to overturn it by using the case for affirmative rights of children to education free of parental domination and thus, of course, open to domination by someone else. To this end, then, she marches off to praise foreign constitutional traditions, even of other democracies that Americans have rejected since founding modern constitutionalism in the 18th century. This article was meant to be a clarion call to arms, seeking to mobilize her radical confrères in all Marxist domains and the progressive left in general. The article is being widely touted throughout the legal and academic communities, It is already on the nightstands of teachers' union presidents, leftist community organizers, mainstream media editorial writers, and crafty plaintiffs' lawyers from coast to coast. Once the pandemic ends, the 2020 elections are held and state legislators convene for their 2021 sessions, leftist think tanks will spoon-feed cookie-cutter legislation to progressive state senators and representatives to begin the long project of abolishing homeschooling by overburdening it with regulation to the point that parents collapse of exhaustion or by outright prohibition if necessary. The publication of Bartholet's article in a law journal, even an obscure one, 
gives it a veneer of mainstream legal scholarship. I have no doubt that she will soon have a publisher for a full-length, less technical version of the article as a book meant for wide general readership. The drumbeat of anti-homeschooling editorials will begin in the editorial pages of the New York Times and the Washington Post within months, and certainly in time to attempt to set agendas across the land in the 2021 state legislative season. End quote. We should thank Aaron O'Donnell for bringing to wider attention the insidious efforts of ivory tower leftists to exploit the U.S. Constitution and state constitutions to ban homeschooling or regulate it into submission to leftist assumptions.